Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. I don't know if I included too many M's there. Felt weird coming out of my mouth. This is episode 154, ladies and gentlemen. The last fight card of the of the year. Am I am I right? This is it. This is the, the last um, dance, some would say. The last of the Mohicans uh, for 2023. I can't believe we're almost in 2024, but yeah, we're kicking 2024 off right. You know who we're kicking 2024 off with? <laughs> Johnny Walker fight night, baby. Hell so yeah. we're going to end 2023 with, with Leon knocking out Colby, right? Ripping his head off and handing it to Sir Trump. And then we're starting 2024 off with Johnny Walker and Ankle Live. Who knows what's going to happen in that? 297. We don't love 297. I feel like the start of 2024 doesn't look amazing until like February, right? When we get 298 and then they go to Riyadh uh, for whatever reason Riyadh in March. Season. Riyadh season. And then you got uh, then you got 299 and then obviously 300. So I think the first month-ish is going to be like a couple of fight nights and then 297, like I said. You know, it's in Canada and the cards, uh, you know, Raquel Pennington's a co-main. So that's all I got to say. Raquel Pennington is a co-main and that is one of the most disgusting cards I've ever seen, but... We are here to talk about UFC 296. Again, this is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. His name is Ty Capone. It is our pleasure to be here. Uh, we will have an episode next week, kind of breaking this stuff down. And then we might do our... We've been uh, you know, teasing it for quite some time, but I think we got to do an awards episode next week to give the people a little bit like of it. Christmas uh, you know, joy and spirit and... All that ranking, good. maybe pound for pound. Oh, we got to update everything. It's, we haven't it's updated that. It's the big blowout. We might not have a MMA pod for a couple weeks after that. So, yeah, we're both getting canceled. Yeah, we. I, I've been canceled. I don't know if you guys have heard. <laughs> I, I've already been canceled before I even got famous. Too many so. wrong picks. Yeah, <laughs> we have been canceled. Oh my god! If you're betting, if people are betting my picks, they are homeless now. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm also gonna try and go through by uh, the award show to figure out what our year to date numbers are because last year we actually did pretty good this year yeah. i know i mean ty definitely did better than i did <laughs> i did horrible horrible <laughs> man so why don't we finish it off with a good one huh yeah. i mean worst just... bet of 2023 is john is zero gone money line that's for yeah sure. for you i mean i can't i'd have to go through i had some doozies some real doozies <laughs> here that i mean i'll tell you the one that hurt the most was uh islam just head kicking uh, Volkanovski. I don't even think I had Vol. I think I had Islam decision, but it just hurt to yeah. see that happen uh, right off the top of my head. But ladies and gentlemen, again, oh, we are his head. Yeah, off of his head. His head definitely hurt more than mine did. But uh, <laughs> UFC two ninety six from Los Angeles. No, Las Vegas. I don't know why Los Angeles Dang. is in my mind because I just was talking Otani? about Otani. Yeah, that's literally. Yeah, Otani is going to be in the, in the main event. Otani versus uh, Trout. I think I would take Otani over Trout in the main event if that was if yeah. they were offering odds on that. But <laughs> UFC 296, Las Vegas, not Los Angeles, Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. We have 13 scheduled fights as of now. We've already lost one. That being I mean, Ian Gary, uh, step it, yeah, step it, Ian Machado, Gary. I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> want to offend anybody involved. He is pulled out of his fight with Vicente Luque. Uh, I believe he says he has pneumonia and the flu and. Every other sort of viral infection they could possibly have. 
He did not mention that he may have herpes because I'm still wondering about that thing that was on his lip. But uh, honestly, it kind of sucks for he and Gary because this was a situation he really did need to show up and kind of, you know, answer for all the stuff that he, you know, started and just, you know, he's talked so much shit to everyone before. It was kind of his turn to get shit talked to him and he's not there to answer the bell. It kind of so I mean, if he really does have pneumonia in the like there's really nothing he can do. It's kind of just a tough time for that to happen, but I still don't like the guy. Let me just go out and yeah. say that. Uh Nobody does. No, it doesn't seem like he has many uh friends amongst the MMA community. Not really many people say anything good about the guy, so Yeah. That's unfortunate. And he's married to a wag. Whatever that. Uh, I still don't yeah. understand what the wife and girlfriend uh I, I didn't read the book, so somebody's um, going to have to give me the breakdown yeah. on that. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, were able to check that out for research purposes. but Ian I do Mc- know that she caught him in a trap, and he sucked in. That's all I know. Yeah, so. and he lives she with her book. ex. I think she, she, yeah, I think she wrote a book about it, right? She Is did. that the book you're talking about? She wrote, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant there wasn't just a general book about wags. I'm like, I don't know if I want to read that. I don't know if I want to read what Miss Machado has to say, but... I'm good. Either way, she yeah, she's got Ian Gary... Caught up. We'll see if she shows up to the next fight whenever he gets rebooked. Hopefully, it's with Luke. I don't blame. I was actually, I was actually looking forward to it, even though Luke has been trending down. He obviously had that brain injury, but uh, I, I like. It. I was going to pick him. That's my. I've always been a Luke backer ever since he knocked out Bilal, uh, knocked out Bar- Ryan Barbarina with like three seconds. Cash me out there. I remember exactly where I was for that fight. Shout out to Jordan McKillop. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to watch that one. Really want to root against Ian Gary, but. I thought he also could have, you know, had a clear path to victory in that fight, but we'll never yeah. know. Yeah, I guess we will never know, or maybe we will. In the, you know, when when he gets cleared, or when maybe they can make a quick turnaround and when he feels better, they can just do it. But uh, yeah, next weekend. Yeah, they'll just have a one night, fire. a one night, one fight, yeah. <laughs> just, just a super event. That would be kind of sick. But we got Leon <laughs> Edwards, Colby Covington, main event for the 170 pound title, formerly. Of Kamaru Usman uh, and GSP uh, Elk. Do you think Leon Edwards is the GOAT? Now, I love that. That'll be the conversation if he wins this fight. Uh, yeah. It's literally <laughs> is he in the... every single fight. It's like, is this guy the <laughs> is GOAT? He's the best ever. Yeah. It's it's, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's nothing against him, but I just don't think he's the greatest of all time. So, Ty, we have, uh, as an ad pops up on my screen, that is always great. We have yep. plus one six, or 130, I'm sorry, 136, 130. To Colby Covington's, uh, to, that's Colby Covington. To Leon Edwards is minus 160, 162, kind of just in that area. I gotta get my shit together, man. I'm, I gotta lock in on this card. I don't know what's going on with me. My mind is all over the place, but it's probably because yeah, these ads keep popping up on my. I'm not, I can't use this website anymore if this is how it's gonna do be. Wipes. Dude, dude, yeah, it's like, hey, have you ever seen this wiping a, a, an asshole before? No, I don't. I'm, I'm good on that, but. Uh, Ty, I, I, you know, I think I know where you, uh, your allegiance lies on this fight, or where you, what you think is going to happen. But I guess I'd like to hear you explain it first, as you know, how you think Leon Edwards is going to get this done. Um, but first off, let me start by saying like, it's crazy that Colby's getting another title shot. Uh, it's been 650 days since he's fought. It's really um, been that. If you remember, long. if you remember when Leon Edwards got removed from the rankings, he didn't fight for 425 days in between 2020 and 2021. Colby's also uh, trying to become the first fighter ever in UFC history to lose three undisputed title fights um, 
Also, he has one finish last seven years, and it was the Woodley injury. Um, he's getting older. I'm not too. Um, I'm not too sure how he's going to look. It's been what 18 months, I think, since he fought. Uh, he's 35, turns 36 soon. You know, that's the age of uh, demarcation, I guess. If you want to, uh, love when you use that word. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I don't use it right, but um, sounds good. That that that's yeah, it sounds good. That's the cutoff though. Like the only fighter to ever win a belt or a title fight in between 125 and 170 was uh, Tyron Woodley. Uh, turning 35 or older uh, was Tyron Woodley. So maybe Colby can buck that trend. I think stylistically, stylistically, this could be a decent matchup for him. I think he's going to work hard on that wrestling. Also, he has a pretty nice jump shot. I don't know if you saw on the embedded. I did see that. Uh, he has a pretty smooth jumper. So, if, you know, Kelly Uber gets hit by another car. I think we should sign, sign okay. Colby, put him on the wing. But um, <laughs> I, I, I just think if it's, if it's standing at all, he's, he's pretty outgunned. I think Leon is bigger. I think he's stronger. Uh, I think he has a couple inches of reach and height. Much young, Not much, but a couple years younger. He's in his prime. He's been active. He's at a good point in his career. Seems locked in. Uh, he's, really getting, he's really getting the rub from English fans. They're really starting to embrace him. Um, and, and he's starting to like pop more everywhere he goes. So that's good to see. I know he's kind of like a, a low-key guy, but he seems cool. I like him. Um, I know he's not the most popular UFC fighter. A lot of UFC fans shit on him for not fighting in 2020, 2021, but I'm not really sure how that, that was his fault. They wouldn't let him leave the country. So, um, And then the whole Masvidal thing. Everybody wants to take Masvidal's side when he gave him the two-piece and the soda. And that was funny when it happened, but uh, if they ran that shit back, I think Leon smokes him, but... yeah. Either way, when it comes to this fight, you know, the kicks, I remember when he did the Usman's legs, shoot him up. I think he should be able to do that to Colby from the from the opening bell, honestly. Um, I think Leon should probably dominate any clinch exchanges. That just might be a little worrisome. You know, Colby could probably use that to get a trip or get a single, uh, a single or a double uh, and then work a takedown. But I think Leon could probably work his way up. I also think Leon could have some success in the wrestling and the grappling. You know, maybe not uh, out-wrestling uh, Colby, but just some moments of success. I think he can work his way back up, or he can, you know, uh, reverse him, or do something, catch him lacking, maybe get a get his own takedown. I'm sure Colby won't expect him to shoot, but um, I, I think the the technical kickboxing that he has, I think the low kicks, um, I think that should be enough. I don't know if he gets a finish. I mean, Colby's pretty tough to hurt, but he has been he has been hurt. He has been uh, dropped a couple times by Usman. I think Masvidal dropped him right, so. It's, it's it's not you know impossible. I just I think it might it might go twenty five, and I think Leon probably wins three two four one. So I'm gonna go Leon unanimous decision. I could see him getting this finish, but um again I you know it's kind of tough to tell where Colby is and what what Colby's gonna look like. I think we know what his game plan is. He's not really ever changed it, but still eighteen months off. Um, I think that's really gonna hurt him. His cardio is gonna be great. There's no denying that. And Leon's always had kind of issues cardio wise, but um, I think he should be good here. I think he should cruise, honestly. So you, you're not worried at all about the chain wrestling and the way, I mean, Usman, especially in that first fight, uh, I guess technically second, but uh, was having success in the wrestling department pretty easily. It, it seemed. And, you know, Leon was on, on the, on death's doorstep, ready to get out of there. He had enough, uh, he wasn't going to get finished, but he kind of just, you know, had accepted his defeat. Do you you don't think that there's a a possible world that that 
kind of replays itself and that, I mean, even Usman said it himself this week that, you know, Colby, the difference between him, uh, you know, Colby and Usman and a DC or something is that Colby does not, is not going to quit trying to get that takedown. Like the, he is never going to stop pursuing it because he knows that's his only way really of victory. Do you think that Leon is going to be able to keep that pace up or if, if that pace is able to get kept up, do you think he's going to be able to, you know, I guess it really feels to me like Leon, the best case is that he gets him out of there early so that it, the, the longer this fight goes, the more it kind of tends to lean towards Colby. And the only hope with that being for Leon would maybe that Colby, like you said, Colby, the time off and him being older now that that cardio L, you know, has kind of fell, fallen off a little bit. I'm not yeah. going to I'm not going to sit here and count on that. That thing that seems like the one thing that Colby has you, you know weaponized and and has, you know, in abundance over Leon. I don't think Leon's necessarily like, you know, a gasser or anything like that, but Colby is just like a that's like a, a all-time sort of gas tank that it seems like he has and he does he seriously does never quit during you know these fights and get you know going for the takedown. Even in the Usman fight that he got finished in, he was still fighting the entire time. Had his jaw broken, never quit. So it's gonna. It seems like me. He's gonna have to be put out to get to get him out of there. Do you think that's gonna happen? Um, Colby getting put out? Yes, I think it could. But you know, if it stays strike, if it stays standing, and he can't really get the takedowns or he can't hold him down, because in the second Usman fight, <clears throat> uh, Leon was held down and controlled for 10 minutes. In the third fight, he was held down and controlled for five minutes <clears throat> with only one less takedown, five takedowns in the second, four in the third. So, you know, cutting that control time in half um, in what, within less than a year, you know, he's still learning. He's still improving. You know, I think, what is he, 31? So um, I just think he's at such a great point right now. I think this is his time. I don't know if there's really anything Colby can do. I'm sure he'll get some takedowns. Uh, he's definitely going to go for him. He's not going to quit or give up. But, um, yeah, I think maybe he gets a little desperate. Maybe um, maybe he gets into head kick range, right? Maybe Leon can land another uh, spectacular knockout. But, <clears throat> no, I uh, I don't think there's really any – you know, the, the only threat or the biggest threat you think is maybe Leon gets tired and then maybe you can finish him in the later rounds or steal some of those later rounds. Colby hasn't got to finish besides the Woodley injury. Uh, since Max Griffin back in 2016 on the Bisping Henderson card, which is crazy. Uh, I'm sorry, that's, that's wrong, wrong person. I'm so sorry. All right, there uh, you he, go. he hasn't got to finish Max Griffin since 2016 on the Diaz McGregor two cards. So even even before that, wow, <laughs> even going back longer, yeah, crazy. What a that's the last time. He, yeah, what a um, I don't. It's funny. I don't really remember the second fight nearly as much as the first one, but I do remember Connor dropping him like four times and still getting outstruck. But, um, and he won a majority decision too, right? If, if yeah, I'm it was, a, no, it was an awesome stuff. fight. It was, it was um, extremely close. And that's the coming where Anthony Johnson Decim absolutely decimated Glover to share. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. Same, uh, seemed like Mike Perry got a decimation first round knockout. The Cowboys second round. That was, card was loaded. Yeah. Cody Garbrandt put somebody out in a minute. Yep. Raquel Pennington, your girl got to win. So, Artem Lobov making an appearance yeah. in the card. I remember that. That was him so, versus um, Avila, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Chris Avila. Um, Marvin Torrey making his debut. So, 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't think Leon has anything to worry about. Like, you know, like the Nate Diaz fight where we heard him late and it was like, oh man, you know, is Leon a gas or will he quit if it's late in the fight? I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe Colby wins the fifth or fourth. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of eager to see how this plays. I'm not going to bet anything just because it's been 18 months since we've seen Colby. And I don't know if there's really anything bettable. Maybe I, I could kind of see uh, Leon being a parlay piece. Minus 155 is. Not that I, I thought it'd be a little higher. I thought it'd be closer to the Pantoja line, but um, I guess I'm not really surprised. Colby's a tough fucking out, a tough puzzle to, puzzle to uh, figure out no matter who you are, right? Usman uh, beat him twice and, you know, looked dominant in, in specific uh, parts of those fights, but he struggled. You know, it, it was a fucking dog fight both times. So, uh, I, like I said, the age of the time off, that really comes back to to haunt him, I think, so... Give me, uh, give me Rocky Edwards for the win. I am going to count on Colby Covington taking the just the soul from Leon Edwards early on in this fight, take down, maybe even catches him and, and, and wobbles him a little bit. And I'm just going to count on the fact that Colby Covington finally breaks through, gets those takedowns, kind of just backpacks and holds him down. And just just wrestle fucks him. That's the only way I think he wins this fight. Probably a decision, but that I'm not going to be willing to bet. The two props that I would bet would be Edwards TKO, which is plus two, like 270. And uh, you can get it as high as plus 390 on FanDuel, which is absolutely insane. Oh. So I don't know if they're giving shit away this weekend or if they know for sure that that's not going to happen. But I'd also hey, like... something. Covington decision is plus two eighty as well. So, like, if you want, if you're a guy who likes to make money, you want to do either one of those. Then I don't blame you. I know he's like I said, he is a tough out, but it seems like, uh, you know, if if this fight does go the distance, that means a lot of these striking exchanges are going to happen from at, at distance, and I think Leon will have you know more success that way. And you know, maybe Covington is older; he's taken more damage and finally gets cracked and. It's kind of, you know, TKO'd sort of where he's covering up, but it's, you know, he just can't respond. We've seen it happen a million times. Uh, Edwards' decision is plus 150, so that's what they yeah. really think is going to happen. That's a, like kind of a wider favorite. They do think this fight's going to go to decision because it's Covington plus 225 and him plus 165, and then the TKOs are 275 and 700. So, you know, and the submissions are kind of in the same spot as well. So they obviously believe this fight is going to decision. Uh, I could see that happening as well. So therefore, I'm going to take Colby Covington plus three or one thirty-five money line. Lock it in. I think wow. he gets it done. Upsets the world. It is the most annoying thing for the entire for the entire Christmas season. This guy doing interviews with his "Make America Great Again" hat. It's going to be brutal. But I think he gets it done. Uh, I I don't know. It just uh, it's this just to me. I, I I always would love to. I'm I tend to lean towards a striker all the time. And Leon Edwards is, you know, everything is pointing towards Leon Edwards. That's why I just something's telling me to go the other way. I don't know. I think I always am a one of the dogs in the two title fights always wins. And I'm going to pick that. So that kind of gives you the foreshadowing for what my next pick is going to be. So we will move right into that fight. That is a 125 flyweight title fight. Uh, the belt that was formerly owned by Mr. Brandon Moreno. He is nowhere to be found in this one. It is Alexander Pantoja getting in there against Brandon Royval. Brandon Royval is a plus 160 underdog to Alexander Pantoja's minus 190 and as high as 200 
on some websites. Uh, I don't know. I have, We have talked about this a million times on here. I, I know Roy Val is tough. He is a great fighter. I have never been a big believer in him. And I uh, honestly... That last fight was not all that long ago. It was, you know, a little, a little over two years ago, uh, and I don't think enough time has passed where I don't get a similar result or situation to happen in this one. Uh, he, the good thing about Royval is he's, you know, mainly he's a finisher, but I think he struggles against these guys who are really good at taking you to the ground and even getting to your back because this fight last time ended via rear naked choke and. I honestly, Ty, I don't, I don't really see. I mean, obviously, I can see it going another way, but in, in my opinion, the exact same thing is going to happen. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think um, since that f- first fight, um, Brandon Royval has kind of dialed back to chaos, but you know, he still thrives on chaos. I think they both do. Honestly, they're both a little wild. They're both crazy. <clears throat> and in the first fight, he did have some success. I want to say right after they had this long grappling exchange. They stood up, and it seemed like Pantoja was tired. And Roy Val, I think it was the end of first, the end of the first round, started uh, started picking him up, picking him apart, and winning some some uh, striking exchanges. The second round starts, and then he overextends with a left cross. Um, Pantoja takes his back, takes his, I think, took his back, and that was it. I mean, he is one of the best rear naked chokes in the game, in the sport, pound for pound, some of the best jujitsu in the game. Um, uh, yeah, so like their first fight was what two years ago. And I think since that fight, he's on a three-fight winning streak, and they've all been impressive. I think the last win against Nicolau was, was really impressive. No, nobody really talks about it as much because Nicolau was supposed to burst onto the scene with a win in that fight, but with a loss, you know, people kind of forgot about him or didn't really get to under, you know, get to know who he is as a fighter. But he's solid, man. He's really good. And that, that knee to punches combo from Roy Valls happened so quick and just nasty, man. And the, the Bonserine win was really, really good. It was a very close one. Uh, I'm a big Bonserine fan, so he's kind of, you know, switched his style up a little bit since the Moreno-Pantoja fights. Um, how many submissions does he have? He has nine submissions himself, so, like, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to try to win this fight. I think Royval, his best strategy is probably just to be a wild man on the feet. I think he wants to avoid any grappling exchanges as possible. Yeah. Um, I will say running 10 miles at a six and a half minute pace in Colorado is fucking nuts. And that's what Brandon Royval does. He doesn't even break a sweat. So his, he has some of the best cardio I've I mean, seen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, he, he's always been a guy, no matter how much he dials back his style, that he thrives on chaos. That's, that's kind of how it works for him. And I don't know if that's going to work in his favor here. I, I just think this is, a possible, this is possibly a matchup that he just won't be able to win or, you know, Seven times out of ten, he loses, even though he's right there and he's you know can be in close fights, kind of like Vulcan and uh, Makachev to a lesser degree. But I still think he has a chance of pulling it off. I, I think any a lot of variance comes in, comes into play in this fight. I really don't have a great feel for it. I'm gonna go Pantoja sub. I think he just you know he it's weird. All his fights, he just kind of moves for, moves forward and tries to bully guys. Uh, in the first round, yeah, is, is what he does. He's so fucking strong, <clears throat> and he knows where his bread is buttered. He knows where he wants to get the fight, and usually gets it there. But he can hit too, man. He can crack really, really well. I mean, he got tired in the Moreno fight, but then he kind of he he, he likes to find a, a second win, if you will, you know. Um, and he was really wild in that fight, but it worked. It worked. So uh, I think Alessandre Pantoja's game is 
I think he's at, just like Leon, a perfect point in his career. I think the time is his, obviously, his last fight. Remember, he had that emotional call-out uh, of his dad. Yeah. And uh, said, are you proud of me now? And um, that was awesome. Also, you know, if, if he was American, I think a lot a lot more people would be behind Pantoja. I think he's the perfect, perfect fan favorite fighter. I mean, he, he brings it, balls to the wall yeah. all the time. Uh, so, it's you know, of course, uh, him being Brazilian definitely plays a part in him not being as popular, but... This is going to be a big fight, man. This is going to be a big, big fight. I just see the title changing hands a lot in this division, possibly. But, um, and I think Pantoja can definitely fade, right? If, if things don't go his way right away. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of back and forth. I, I, I could see why people want to take Roy Val. Um, but I think, I think Pantoja's, I think he has his number. So, Alessandro Pantoja sub, that's my bet. I'm with you as well. I think the sub plus you can get it at plus one fifty on here, uh, one forty five like at Fanduel. Fanduel, it seems like Fanduel's got the best odds of anybody <laughs> for all these kidding. fights. So maybe get round on there. Round three sub, I think. Uh, round three sub. I, I think the, I yeah. I just I don't know. Like the the problem I have with Roy Val is that it just seems like some something always kind of can go wrong in the in these fights, or he kind of just makes these little mistakes, especially like in that, that last Pantoja fight, the, it just, I don't know. I, I just also remember he got dropped by Schnell. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just Taken don't down eight times by Bontarine. Like, yeah, I, I agree with hundred percent with what you said. He makes a lot of mistakes. And like I said, he has dialed back his, uh, you know, he, he's mentally, I think he's in a better place. I think he lost that fight. And now he's like, he, he said it himself. He thought he was invincible. This and that the shoulder injury, the Marino uh, was the reason he lost that fight. So he kind of thought he was on top of the world and kind of got humbled. So, but I don't think that's really going to matter. I just, I, I think he's just up against a fucking, a, a guy who, you know, when they collide, it kind of the edge favors Pantoja. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, really close. And I think there's going to be moments where I think Roy Val could rock him or, or just, you know, dominate him in the first round. Then second round comes out, boom, makes one little slip up, one little mistake, and then his back's taken. And then the fight's over from there. You yeah. Know? That's the thing. It's it, it with a guy like Pantoja, he does like and it's the the thing I like about betting Pantoja is that he's not like a scrub on the feet. Like he can hold his own. It's just that he his strength and what he loves to do or is, has success doing is getting you to the ground and then his rest or his wrestling and just his Technical prowess in jiu-jitsu. He's so powerful with the way he moves. It's uh, I have trouble thinking. I mean, Roy Val, like you said, he's not going to quit. Cardio for days. But you've seen the the way he kind of just is easily taken down. I think he has too much um, respect for his own game off his back and his ability to get back up. Because he will get back up. That's not the problem. But I think Pantoja is going to get him down one, at one point. He's going to... Maybe Roy Val is going to be too quick to get back up, and he's going to get his back taken real quick and just next snatch. I think it's going to happen real yeah. quick out of nowhere where we're like, oh, shit, wow. And yeah. that's that's. I could also see Pantoja hurting him on the feet too because he, he's very, he's a very powerful guy. He's smaller. Roy Val definitely has the length in this. I think, he, you know, but the thing is, Roy Val, one thing, being a bigger guy, having that length, you would be able to throw kicks. I wouldn't exactly throw kicks against Pantoja because if he catches one of them and gets you down, it's a problem. So... Yep. Pantoja sub plus one fifty. I'm in. And now Let's we keep do it. it. We keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We have this fight just seems cruel, and it's a little wrong. <laughs> I don't understand why they do this, but this is the UFC's way. Stephen, well, 
Good. Wonder Boy for years, I thought Duck. He didn't want to fight Shafkat. He didn't want to fight any strikers. But then he changed his tune after the the Pereira fight it got canceled, and he rightfully didn't have to fight him. Now he wants. Now he wants to fight for the belt. That's what he wants to do. So whatever gets me a title shot, he says a, a beating Shafkat and knocking him out gets him a title shot. I don't think so. At I all. think so. But really, I don't. I, I mean, I think he's way back in the line here. I don't. I don't think. He jumps up. Ty, imagine a, a world right that away. he head kicks Shavkat Rachmanov and sends him into into the shadow realm. I mean, like you I, can't even I, I you can't say, even yeah. fathom it right now. Like you're thinking, you're like, no, I don't see that happening. But you're like, if it does happen, like like I know he would. And, and if things were even, yes, he would be. He would be at the back of the line. He'd have to work his way up. But you look at the rankings, and it's like. Well, is you he know, gonna jump I mean, a wall though? You know, hell yeah, know. hell yeah, he would. That would be more know. impressive than anything Bilal Muhammad's done. I agree. So it's also, like also Usman being one is is kind of crazy to me, but um, I think Usman should fight Muhammad. That, that's what should what happen. Did, how come when champions lose, they automatically become the number one contender? I feel like you're not the number one contender because you just lost. Like you shouldn't be. That's not how that should work. But whatever. Either way. Um, so yeah, I mean. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's trying to avoid these guys. Now he's like, you know what? I got one more in me, and uh, now he wants he wants all the smoke. Apparently, but um, <laughs> this might be smoke know. you want to walk away from. <laughs> this is carbon monoxide. I would not walk anywhere near Mister Shafkat wearing dead animals. Also, eats uh, deer meat. Deer meat is his favorite. Oh well, so. uh, I'm sure there's some other oh, guys sorry. out there that. What? I'm sorry, horse meat is his favorite. That's even worse. Okay, so. <laughs> That's what I always say that the uh, tacos are made out of at uh, Taco Bell, but allegedly, I don't, you know, as a joke, we're having fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, how about Shavkat Rachmanov is a minus 650 favorite, uh, as high as minus 720 on FanDuel. So they, it, I think you, they know how this is going to go, or they, they think they know how this is going to go. Wonder Boy is a plus 470, 464. I mean, I don't think he's ever been this close to being a this big of an underdog. We, would I be correct in saying that? I mean, this is this is outlandish. I don't think yeah. you know Wonder Boy the the biggest favorite or the biggest underdog he was in recent memory. I can see here on the on the site is he was a plus two sixty five underdog to Johnny Hendricks. So wow. and that that was news on the juice. Yeah, and then that was in two thousand fifteen sixteen. So. I mean that's insane. So now he is that big of an underdog by ten times. What what do you do here? Uh, is there anything to even bet here? Do you think that Shavkat just cuts through him like butter and just eviscerates him on the ground? Do you think he's he, like could he get caught coming out? Like this fight is kind of fascinating in the in the matchup sense, but in reality, I think you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I know what's going to happen. Shavkat Rachmanov's going to win by submission. That's what's going to happen. It's tough. He has EKOs, nine submissions, right? So it's like, oh, which one's he going to do? Submitted Jeff Neal. I think he has his last, yes, last two have been submissions. The Carlson Harris one was a spinning hook kick. He could have submitted. Actually, submitting Carlson Harris is pretty tough. Um, yeah, I think he's going to submit Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Wonderboy doesn't look great on the ground. His takedown defense isn't great. He's getting, I mean, he's 40, almost 41. I know he looks he looks good for his age. He's handled himself well. He's taking care of his body. He's only really he hasn't been hit hurt 
KO'd that much, that often, that badly, besides the Pettis one, right? And yeah. that was just a fluke. That was a fluke, but it, it happened. But, you know, he hasn't taken that much damage. But just being that age, like, father time doesn't lose. So, you know, eventually the reflexes, they start to go slowly. Uh, the movement starts to go. The speed starts to go. The power is the last thing to go, but he doesn't really have power. So I think he's I think he's pretty cooked here. Um, I don't. I think Shafgat's probably going to keep it standing. I mean, Shafgat's not somebody who's, you know, going to do what Sean Brady did and say, you know what, I'm going to just stick to this one part of my game. Shafgat, even if he is out outgunned on the feet, which I don't even know if he necessarily is, I think he might take him a little bit to get used to Wonder Boy's style, but uh, he, trained, he trained with Luke a for this fight. And um, I think, like I said, I think striking may be a little tough in the beginning, but I think he's definitely gonna once once he finds his range and Wonderboy feels his power. I think he could be, could get a little sketchy from there, and then um, I, I just think Shavkov finds a takedown, finds a grappling exchange, gets it there, and I think he he taps him out or puts him to sleep very very easily. So um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Plus one thirty five for sub is uh, seems like a pretty good bet. Are you taking that on the card? Yes, sir. See the thing that. Uh, and that is Shavkat submission plus 140 for everyone out there keeping track at home. I don't know, Ty. The, the, I, the club and sub worries me, uh, or, or just the sub and club, or whatever you want to say. Like Some kind maybe of, that yeah. he's going for the the sub. He's got you know maybe he's got his back. He's flattened out or something like that, and he just kind of gets struck out, and he you know doesn't never really gives up a submission, and kind of just hold you know basically covers up and turtles up and says you know what I'm. I'm good to go. I think I've done enough. Uh, yeah. That's what worries me from the gambling standpoint. I mean, TKO being plus 300, I think they're trying to tell you what they think is going to happen and with submission being plus 140. Uh, I mean, Wonderboy TKO is, is plus 1,200. That would be awesome to see. It really would be, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think the really smart bet, since but we don't do this on here with parlays, would be Shavkat inside the distance minus 175. That is the smart bet. I just think that that's a little bit too much to take on here. Yep. Uh, but I really want to. But I'm going to take – I'm going to go with you, uh, Shavkat sub, plus 140. And we, you know, we keep it moving. That's just kind of how it goes. I like it. How about this one, ladies and gentlemen? For the first time ever, we will have David Goggins in the corner <laughs> of at, at a UFC event. Uh, I oh, think. Maybe, oh. maybe someone else has had him. But Tony Ferguson. El Kikui, champ shit only, getting back in there, which and what could be his last UFC fight. It really could be. Anytime that this man gets in there, it's um, you know, it's the danger zone. He he has lost how many in a row, Ty? That's right. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And it's it's been rough. Crazy. Ever since the pandemic came along, this man has completely just lost his superpowers, and it's that a Gaethje shame. fight really that Gaethje fight really took, just zapped him, and it has been an insane run of negativity since then because he, you know, got um, got basically got his arm broken by Charles Oliveira, but he kept fighting through it. Benil Dariush finish him in that fight. I know he he should have, but he just didn't tap. That's like the arm was while I'm watching his arm bend, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> this has got to be it, but it wasn't. Benil Darius dominated him. Uh, Michael Chandler is probably the one he looked the best in, and then he got his face yeah. punted off of his neck. 
Uh, Nate Diaz, you know, no, it just Nate looked better in that fight. Nate, it just Nate was training for fucking Hamza Chamayev, so that that was yeah. a little bit of a different version of him that you were gonna. Thank God that fight never happened. But uh, Bobby Green, that 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 was the uh, smoked him. That was a tough one to see, and ever since then. You know, my brother, shout out to Jimmy, being the biggest El Kakui fan I've ever known. He's just been, you know, he's like, I think we should have retired a couple of years ago. He doesn't want to see yeah. this stuff anymore. And now he's in there against Patty Pimlet, who it, it, it's been a year pretty much, right, since he's been in the cage. He yep. came off of that uh, controversial decision with victory, which, and con, and con, but when I say controversial, I mean he didn't win that fight. And they gave him that fight basically to get him to twenty and three. He is a big time, big time, big time favorite in this one. Not really though. Minus three hundred to El Kakui's plus two fifty, two forty five. I want more than anything else for Tony Ferguson to win this fight. I really do because it would be so funny to watch Patty Pimlet have to explain that he lost to Tony Ferguson and how, you know, oh, it was just a, it was a rough night out there. No, okay, none of that. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> you fucking, you little wanker. You're like, all right, dude, enough's enough. Uh, you know, you beat Jordan Levitt. You, you, you started yeah, teabagging him. That was great. Ty, do you have anything to bet in this fight? Do you, is there anything that you like? How do you think this fight's going to play out? Do you think Patty. Just outstrikes like this fight to me is fascinating just because I don't really, I don't know like I don't think Patty's that good a striker right like he's his defense is bad so but I don't think Tony's going to be able to do anything about it that's the like Tony isn't the guy to expose Patty Pim Pimlet is my first instinctual thought what do you think? Yeah, I would agree, but also we didn't think Jared Gordon or Luigi Vendramini were the ones to expose Patty Pimble, and they both kind of did you know I mean they both got finished but. Uh, or Jared Gordon did not get finished. Luigi did, but uh, shout out to my cousin. But still, I think um, I think Tony, if it stays staying the whole time, I feel like Tony can do a little bit. I mean, if he gets hit, he's probably going to melt. But he can throw some kicks. Um, I don't know. I mean, Tony's movement in general is just pretty much cooked. I mean, him and him as a whole is just cooked. And then working with David Goggins, like I don't know what kind of good that does or what kind of bad that does, but uh, I'm sure throwing up violently is very harmful to your body and all, all the other workouts and exercises that the hell week, I guess, right. Is what he calls it. Yeah. I'm sure hell week was not the thing that, uh, this version of Tony Ferguson needed in his life at this current point, this current stage. I'm not sure it did any good, but you know, I have no idea. Um, so I think I'm, real quick, how many people in, in Patty's four UFC fights, how many times did he land more takedowns than the other fighter? Um, none. Once against Kazula Vargas. Oh, I actually uh, forgot that that even happened. Yeah, Kazula Vargas. Yeah, not very good. But um, once he was taken down three times by Gordon, three times by Levitt, and once by Vendramini, and only got one takedown in those fights combined, and it was against Levitt. So yeah, he'll give up a takedown. His takedown accuracy is not great. His takedown defense isn't great. His uh, strikes absorbed per minute not good. Uh, a lot of his numbers aren't good, but he gets takedowns. He gets subs. He's very, he's a very opportunistic, opportunistic, yeah, opportunistic finisher. Uh, his performance coach, his name is Paul Reed. Fun fact, B-Ball Paul. Um, I just think also he's training with Cody Garbrandt for this fight. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but 
Um, that could be a red flag. I think he is, he's a slow starter in round one, but then he starts to get into a rhythm after getting hit a few times. Kind of like, kind of like Tony, at least prime Tony anyway. Um, but I think he has Tony covered everywhere, in every area, kickboxing, boxing, um, wrestling, jujitsu. Everybody talks about how Tony's such a, is, you know, with a 10th planet jujitsu, a bunch of black belts, this and that, but, uh, you know, getting arm triangle by Bobby Green last fight, not a great look, not a great look. His, everything in general is just diminished. So, you know, the strengths that he did have aren't really a strength anymore. Um, it's just kind of sad to see him still fight, if I'm being completely honest. Um, so, yeah, I got, I got Patty Pimblett. I'm going to take Patty Pimblett by sub, and I'm going to put that on the card. Wow. I don't think I'm going to put anything on the card. I just don't trust any uh, anyone uh, involved to get the right to do the right thing and take care of business. Uh, Patty, Patty needs this fight badly. Um, real quick, also, sure. uh, he does a lot of harm to his body, um, blowing up right after a fight and then w- cutting all that weight and then blowing back up and cutting all that weight. But uh, before the UFC, he used to fight at 145 a little bit, not frequently, but I think a couple times, and that is irreparable damage that you do to your body when you cut that much weight and then you know balloon back up and then cut back down and balloon back up that that, that is tearing up your endocrine system and i don't know if he realizes i don't know if he cares i you know who knows i know he's here for a good time not a long time but like michael chandler says but still man that that's gonna take a, a toll on him at some point you know there's gonna be a point where somebody hits him and he just fucking goes out cold or, or something he or he like gets a cyst in his stomach or something bad like I know, I know everybody jokes about it when he gets really fat, uh, ballooning up after a fight, but that is not, 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 not ideal. You. Not ideal, yeah. So hopefully he gets that under control, figures it out, because he honestly has – I see the potential in him, you know. Um, but still, not, not, I'm not his biggest fan. And, uh, yeah, just, just a quick note I want to share. Uh, I, I just, yeah, the reason I'm not going to take any, like, I think you're right. Like a Patty Pimlet inside the distance is plus 100. You're getting submission at plus 275. So I think that's a great number. I just don't trust him to be able, like the thing that I like, I don't, I don't even know if Tony Ferguson's really training mixed martial arts these days. That's what like the really concerning thing is. I like, who is he, who's he sparring with? Like yeah, who, who um, is he, who's he rolling with? Is he even going to 10th planet? Any, like, is he? training with these guys like what, what like i don't know i don't think so so like that's what i you can do all the crazy mental and physical training that you want but if you're not working on your skills then you have a guy like patty pimblet who can pull some crazy shit off on you then yeah like the only, I, I just don't trust anything in this fight so i'm just gonna sit here and watch it and i'll just enjoy myself so um that that is that is we have one more on the main card or is that that is the main card right I don't know if we're getting an upgrade. To, like, something that has to get moved up to the main card. So I, assume, I would right? assume that this be... next fight would probably get the bump up. Should yeah, unless they do a Rene Aldana or Cody Garbrandt. No, but... thank you to either one of those. <laughs> uh, we'll just say that for for the purposes of this podcast. Yes, Josh Emmett was supposed to fight. Uh, who? Uh, Ch- Giga. Giga Chikaze, yeah. which I think he would have won that fight. To to be honest, I th- I don't think Giga's that good. From I mean I I shouldn't say I, like I don't think Giga's on Josh Emmett's level basically because Josh Emmett has yeah. fought some really tough guys and he didn't let Ilya Taporia finish him when Ilya Taporia was putting the beats on him for mo- most of that fight and you know he even fought yeah you're Rodriguez he beat Calvin Cater arguably uh, he's fighting Bryce Mitchell Bryce Mitchell had a nice little return fight against Dan Ige. 
you know, did what he needed to do in that win. That was what three only three months ago. He's stepping in on short notice, so God knows what kind of shape he's in, or if he's, you know, ready to fight. Who, yeah, you know, I, I assume he's ready to fight if he took the fight. But you know, Josh Emmett's not going to be easily taken down. I don't think. So that's what really worries me in in this, I guess, handicapping this or picking this. Bryce Mitchell is a minus 225 favorite, Ty. So they think he's going to have no problem taking him down and basically having his way with him. Do you do you agree with that? Kind of. I mean, like I know Josh Emmett has a wrestling background, but again, he's somebody that's had a bunch of injuries. He's what, 40? That's 39? Um yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's not, 38. Yeah. 38 turning 39 soon. Like, you know, he's 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 not really young himself. And um yeah, Bryce Mitchell coming in on short notice kind of kind of scares me a little bit. His fight with Danny Gay was like a couple months ago. Um I'm trying to look at Josh Emmett's um takedown number, takedown defense numbers. Not great, 46%. Uh he got taken down three times by Taporia. It's been a you know, if you look at his his resume, I mean how many Wrestlers, has he really fought in general? Uh, I don't see any. <laughs> Yair, Cater, Ige, Burgos, Bektich, Michael Johnson, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, Des Green, wow. Scott Holtzman. Like, none of these guys are wrestlers at all, even Ilya Teporia, and he took him down a couple times. Um, funny enough, Ilya Teporia beat the brakes off of both of these gentlemen, so that just shows you uh, what our future um, 145 champion can do to people. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, you know, he's not the prettiest guy. He's not going to put up the nicest stats. The, the, he's not going to wow you at all. He's not, nothing sexy about him. Kind of, kind of has a dad bod look. Um, again, none, none of his stats are great. Uh, strikes landed per, per minute. I guess absorbed is good because he doesn't really get hit that much. But, um, I think, I think he should be able to get the takedowns here. I, I, I it should, you know, as long as he stays. Um, out of like striking exchanges, because obviously, obviously Josh Emmett uh, is a very powerful striker. Um, and he's been in many wars, so he he knows what it takes to to gut it out to get through. Is just to outstrike Bryce Mitchell. I, I don't think that would be that that um, difficult to do. But the problem is, I don't think he's going to be able to. I think it's, this is going to look a lot like Sean Brady and Kelvin Gastelum, where Bryce Mitchell is just going to be in his fucking face as soon as the fight starts. Honestly, he's just going to jump jump right on a leg or two and and try to get him down right away. And I think it's it's probably going to work. Honestly, I think he's going to get like 10 minutes of control in this fight. Maybe he can get a sub late, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he can bring the Bible into the cage this time. Um, either way, I think uh, 30-27, I think Bryce Mitchell gets a unanimous decision. Maybe the maybe one or one round gets close if he can't get a takedown or, or Emmett works his way up and he can get an extended striking uh, exchange or exchanges. I think he can definitely win those. I don't think Bryce has anything for Josh Emmett on the feet. I mean, Bryce can crack a little bit, but uh, his hands are not that good. So, yeah, I got Bryce Mitchell. I think he's going to push a relentless pace and uh, win a win the decision. Uh, I agree, and I'm going to take it on the card. I'm taking Bryce Mitchell's decision plus 110. Are you taking it? Lock me in. Lock it in. Lock me in, daddy, is what... Some would say I've never said that sentence, but I didn't say it. you just said that. N- well, no, no, no. I mean, like you know. Uh, no, yeah, no, all right. No. Let's keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the interest of, in case this fight does happen, which I don't think it will, but what do you think about Vicente Luque and Kevin Holland? 
Do you oh. uh, does that fascinate you at all? Do you think it does? I just you know it's such it's so late notice and such a late scrap just a fight to scrap together. But I'd be down for it. Kevin Holland's done it before. I think Luke Hayes done it before. Um, I don't know if they've ever fought. I don't think so. Right? They have so many common opponents, but. I think I would probably take Holland in that one just because of the Luke brain injury and Holland's quicker and maybe it's harder and just all, I don't know. That, that would be a great fight. I wouldn't bet on it. I would fucking love to watch it though. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's probably what I'm at. I can't find any odds for it. Just even perspective. Odds. It's probably not. I'm guessing it's not happening. Like, yeah. No same. chance. Uh, it's just kind of fun to talk what about. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday now. Yeah. And you have basically they'd have to show up and weigh in tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, you know, let, let's let's not do that. Uh, but I mean, hey, let let's let's do that though. You know, let's uh, do it. I mean, just for, <laughs> for my own uh, fun, let's do isn't, that. Isn't somebody um, in one of these title fights weighing in as a backup fighter? Did I see that? Is somebody doing that? Uh, I mean, they usually do do that. I don't know who it would be though. Probably be yeah, Muhammad or something like that. Uh, so fucking yeah, funny. I think I think it might be Bilal. Also, guys that do that, I've heard get paid. Pennies, peanuts to weigh in as a, to to make weight to go through a whole weight cutting process and make weight just to be a backup fighter. Apparently, it's less than ten k to do that. So, not something I would sign up for. Yeah, not something I would sign up for either. I would probably be with you, and maybe Holland would have. I, I don't know. I just I I'm probably with you to stay away, just because of all yeah. of the unknown that would be involved in it. So. Stay away. Ladies and gentlemen, that is we what we think is the main card. We you know if these fights get mixed up, it's not our fault. It's still Thursday, and we don't know where they're going to put what or who's going to go where. So we are going to keep it moving. We have Irene Aldana, Ty's this is her Ty's girl fighting Carol Hosa. So Carol Hosa, this is at one thirty-five. Carol Hosa, I think, has recently fought at forty-five. Right? Did she fight? Uh, I don't. Think so. Maybe fight the Dumont Dumont fight? Maybe I'm not sure. I, I it says 145 on here as uh, one of the things that she's fought at. So that's what. Oh yeah. So her last fight was at 45 against Yana Santos. Yana. All right. And that was a ugly one. So uh, yeah, she is coming off of a split decision against her and then a uh, loss to Norma Dumont, friend of the podcast. I like to bring that up whenever Norma. I get the chance. Irene yeah. is coming off of a kind of just dominant loss uh, to. Amanda Nunes, where I think that was the Amanda Nunes retirement fight. Is that correct? Yep. So that's um, where the Lioness yeah. walked away that, that night. And now 35 is just in a hellhole. So Irene is kind of – I mean, the winner of this, could they be up next for the title? That's It's kind of in a situation where anybody can yes, really fight yeah. for the fucking title. If you, if you can win a fight and show up and breathe, uh, you might be able to fight for a title in this one. I mean, uh, Raquel Pennington's fighting for a belt, and Renee Aldana almost beat her. A couple yeah. of years ago, before COVID, I think it was a split decision. So, um, yeah, I guess you never know. Carol Hosa, if she gets a two fight winning streak, she be she could be in the running. But yeah, her last fight—it's funny. She, Carol Hosa is twenty eight, and she has looked much worse recently. Uh, she started her career on a what four fight winning streak, and she looked pretty good in all those fights. Uh, but very very low level competition. She stepped up, fought Sarah McMahon, got out wrestled, uh, fought Lena Landsberg, got knocked down, uh, and had to actually resort to wrestling herself. To get that win, loses to Norma Dumont after getting a knockdown, and then fights Yana Santos. And the only way she won that was with a takedown with wrestling. So she's had a really uh, up and down. Like every fight's different. She hasn't, you know, she's getting out wrestled, then she's out wrestling somebody. She's getting dropped. She gets wobbled a lot too. So 
I don't know. She, the consistency is just not there. I don't really know what she is at this point. Again, she's only 28. Like, at least with the Renee Aldana, I'm like, all right, she's she's in her 30s. She's starting to fall off. You know, that kind of makes sense. With with um, Carol Host, I can't really figure her out. But I, I will say, Renee Aldana, her last three wins, uh, has a knockdown in each of her last three wins. I think Renee Aldana hits harder. I think she's a much, much, much better, cleaner striker. Hits hits way harder. Ground game is obviously her weakness. The Macy Chasson fight was uh, not going the way I thought it was going to go. But, you know, we got that finish. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, Hosa's, Hosa volume is down her, you know, I just don't like any of her all around game. I think all of it is kind of like, she looks late, like she's laboring. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot here. I'm going to go a Rene Aldana inside the distance. I think it stays striking the whole time. And I think she's going to, she's going to be able to find Carol Hosa's chin. I think she's going to hit her hard with a, with a, with a left hook and, um, you know, if Carol Hosa was smart, she would just wrestle because it, it's so easy to out-wrestle Rene Aldana. She can't work her way back up. She can't stuff a takedown. She's not dangerous off her back unless she's throwing an upkick. So that should be the clear game, game plan for Hosa, but she's not really good at it. So I think this is going to stay standing for most of the fight, and I think the, the, the more it stays standing, Carol Hosa is in deep, deep trouble. <clears throat> if you're getting knocked down by Lena Landsberg, who's a very basic striker, I think Rene Aldana is going to have a lot. A lot for her, especially with those front kicks, those long legs that she has. Um, yeah, I'm here for it. War Aldana. I'm going to take Irene Aldana TKO plus 450. Let's go. Let's I think Carol Hosa stinks. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the, that, that fight one. against Yana Santos was all I needed to say. And I think Irene Aldana's, you know, if you're. She, you know, was getting outstruck, outclassed, out everything in that Amanda Nunes fight, but she didn't get knocked out, you know, and she didn't get yeah. finished, and she was getting wrestled, but that's Amanda Nunes, and that's Carol Hosa is not Amanda Nunes. So I'm so, also wasn't Yana Santos? Didn't she just come off a of pregnancy too after yeah. that or before? Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure. Not a good look. Not a good look for Carol Hosa. And I think she gets cooked. So I'm going to go TKO. You're going to go inside the distance. Uh, I'm going to take TKO with you. Hell yeah! That's why I didn't write it down. I knew you would. Uh... <laughs> I knew you weren't going to let me go to battle alone. TKO plus 450, that's a nice number. I don't think that's necessarily – there's a reason that's – because Aldana decision is plus 110. So I think that they think this fight's going to go to decision. But if Aldana's going to have success, that means she's going to be putting a beating on Carol Hosa. And she's – Beat me down, baby. Beat me down. She's got a four-inch four of height advantage against Carol Hosa. So yep. she'll be hawking over. She may only has a one-inch reach advantage, but that's – them legs, though. Them legs. Yeah, them them legs. So now, this is probably the people's main event right here. <laughs> this is the fight that the masses will be huddled around. If this was the old days, you'd have the radio ready to go, playing in the background, uh, you know, listening to Jack Dempsey try and get his world heavyweight title back. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But Cody yeah. Garbrandt, this is, this is our Jack Dempsey. Cody, Cody. <laughs> I guess so. I guess you could say what that. What a sad world it would be if Cody Garbrandt was our Jack Dempsey, but he's fighting <laughs> Brian Boom Kelleher. This is Boom is the guy they send in there when when a guy Bam. needs a win. When he needs yeah. a win, they put him in there. Mario Bautista, Umar Nurmagomedov. He did beat Kevin Kroom. I will always give him credit for that because Kevin Kroom is a piece of shit. So I hope that everything bad <laughs> happens to that guy. No, it, it seems like it's not a legend. <laughs> uh, I trust him, Elliot. So Brian Kelleher is a plus 160, 170 underdog 
to Cody No Love Garbrandt. His he's a minus one eighty five one ninety eight. Now Cody Garbrandt of recent years has become a pullout merchant. Uh, yeah, I mean this guy's pulled out of every fight. He's is coming off of a win earlier this year, which feels like it was a thousand years ago against Trevin. Is that five star Jones? Yeah, is that that's not to be confused with uh, the other Trevin Jones, but he Trevin Jones just won in Cage Warriors against Wilson Wilson Wright. <laughs> that's crazy in the year two thousand twenty three, but. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, before that, got eliminated at 25 by Kaikar of France. He went to war with Rob Font in, uh, in a fight that was ugly. He did knock out a Rafael Sunsal. And, I mean, it, it, it sounds worse than it actually is, it seems like, when you look at the uh, <laughs> list. But that, that little spurt of the fight, you know, five losses and six fights was not a good time to be a Cody No Love fan. Cody No Love, though, he is a favorite in this one. Like I said, uh, you can get him as high as 225 on here, Ty. Is this more of a case of people just think uh, Mr. Kelleher stinks, or do we think that Cody actually could, you know, be still have some juice left in the tank, even though he's only what thirty-two years old? It seems like he is an yeah. old, old man. Back injuries, all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, he went to Germany right for multiple yeah. back procedures back in the day. So I, I can't imagine that helps with the aging process once you turn 30, 32. Um, that's probably not good, but Boom Keller is what thirty seven turns thirty eight uh, next August. So not yeah, not not, not almost thirty eight, but he's thirty seven. He's been around for a minute, eight and seven in the UFC. So you got to figure that that five hundred record is is looming. Uh, was supposed to fight Journey Newsom, kind of got lucky. I think I think Journey Newsom would have probably tore, tore him up. But um, yeah, I just I don't know if he's. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's UFC caliber. I guess he he's the guy. Like his wins come over guys who aren't UFC caliber. Kevin Kroom, Domingo Pilarque, Ray Rodriguez, Hunter Azure, who is now back in the UFC. Um, the Oday Osborne fight. Yeah, I think he was getting beat up before then. So, uh, and even Hendon Burrell, way back in the day, got a win over the Baron. However, I think Boom. Uh, I think he also I saw he had a major neck surgery slash spine fusion, something like that, seven Always months a red ago. Flag. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like messing around with the neck, spine, back, or crack uh, well, part of your body. Um, also, Kelleher, one KO in the last seven years. So I don't think that really adds up with the Cody no love chin. Cody is starting to fight safer, I guess, to protect his chin. Um, his volume is down a lot. He turned into he DC of, his last fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I'd like to see him do. I'd, I'd like to see him just fight. Just have a cohesive game plan. You know, I feel like sometimes he just doesn't have one and throws it out the window. I don't know if he's just really scared to get hit or, you know, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. I really hope he's in a good spot. Honestly, I feel bad for him. He's, he's been through a lot. Um, I think he's just quick, much, much quicker. I think he has a huge speed advantage. So I think he should, uh, I think he should win this fight with any kind of combination of MMA, if you will. I am going to go Cody Garbrandt TKO. Cody, no love. Turns the clock back, wow. finds Brian Kelleher's chin, and eliminates Boom. him from whatever the fuck is going on here. Brian Kelleher, I believe he's only been TKO'd one time. He's been submitted eight times. <laughs> Cody Garbrandt, triangle choke. Cody Nurmagomedov, come on. John Lineker knocked him out five years ago in the third round. So that doesn't give that. me uh, a, a good feeling. But... Sorry. I mean, he hasn't exactly fought anyone that really throws, you know, bombs or has been forced to throw bombs because all they have to do is just take this guy down and sub him and it's over. So maybe, 
You think he? You think Cody No Love could sub him here? There's like, is that Why even not, a, right? is, I mean, is that even in like the realm of possibility? He, <laughs> he has zero career subs, so <laughs> so he's gonna knock him out. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Cody No Love rocking his shit. So let's rock his shit. Give me Cody No Love <laughs> TKO. I don't think I don't remember the last time I wrote a Cody Garbrandt TKO on on the sheet. But it's I Keller knocks him out. I, I you know that'd be crazy. He needs to walk away then. He needs to go back to doing whatever he's doing with those uh, OnlyFans. Yeah, well, OnlyFans, his bully thing that he's got all these dogs running around. He's trying to sell dogs sure. on his Instagram. Yeah, are, are you I let saw me his ride? Profile. Yeah, yeah. You know, things went downhill after he was date. dating that chick. Yeah, uh, that that with all the tats, and she didn't PVZ. like him anymore. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was raw dog in PVZ for a little bit there, so. <laughs> I mean, good he for was him. the OG Pete. He was the OG one too. He was. He was. He got. He got there first. So, uh, well, <laughs> uh, who knows? How about <laughs> Cody Garbrandt gets it done against Brian Kelleher? We are. We are just taking forever to get through this, but I don't care, people. You guys. You guys listen for our banter and for our enjoyment. So who knows anymore? Casey O'Neill. Ariane Lipsky. I mean, honestly, the problem is, is that this fight card's so loaded that we have to give all of these fights their own proper yeah. little time. Casey O'Neill. Um, I always think that whenever somebody fights Roxanne Modafferi, I always just like to <laughs> bring it up and say, "Wow, congratulations!" I mean, she lost to Jennifer Maya the last time out there. That was not yeah. a good look. Ariane Lipsky, the queen of violence. The last time she was out there, she was getting a split decision against Melissa Gatto, uh, a win against JJ Aldridge. And then Process. getting absolutely eliminated by Priscilla Cachuera uh, a little over a year ago. So, Ty, what do the odds tell you? Casey O'Neill is a minus 190 favorite to Ariane Lipsky's plus 160, 155. What do you think? Do you, do you like – I know you've always been a big Casey O'Neill fan. I just wonder, is this a spot to really make any money here? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's like not the best athlete in the world. I think, you know, she's a little on the slower side and she's had some injuries herself. I think, she, I don't think she's a much of a fraud as Luana Pinera, but I think she has some fraudulence in her. I am a big fan, but I think I just need to see more of the stand up. Yeah. Um, and the fight IQ. Like last fight against Maya, she didn't go for takedowns at all. And I think she's truly at her best when she mixes them in and, um, you know, throws some low kicks, throws a jab. You know, she, she likes, uh, she's, she's definitely a high volume which is really good because a lot of women's fighters you see are, are kind of low volume. So it's good that she has that. And again, mixing in, having the ability to mix in takedowns would really suit her. I mean, that would you know take her pretty far in this game as she keeps improving. But last fight, she just didn't. And that that's kind of worrisome. And, you know, if you're going to fight Ariane Lipsky, you have to mix in takedowns. She has powerful striking. The, despite her striking defense and her durability concerns, she's been knocked out four times, I think. Yeah. Uh, despite all that, Ariane Lipsky hits hard. She's quick. Uh, you know, good kickboxing, good Muay Thai. She's she, she would probably smoke Casey O'Neill if, if it stayed standing the whole time. But like I said, I think you know Casey's a pretty good round winner, uh, high volume, opportunistic finisher. I think she can you know like when she got Antonina out of there. Um, yeah, I think she should just get this on takedowns, honestly, and just use her wrestling. Um, she doesn't land. She lands about two takedowns per fifteen. Her accuracy isn't great. Um, lands almost nine significant strikes per minute, so that's kind of crazy. But she also absorbs almost six. So, 
definitely not something she wants to do here with the queen of violence who um isn't always high volume at all she kind of looks for the big shots so uh both of them have fought very inconsistently i'm not really sure what their plans are going to be for this fight but i do know my pants will be at my ankles so i got casey o'neill unanimous decision i i want to i want to pick a finish but i just don't know who or what or you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of variance in this fight, and I, you know, they're both unpredictable with how they're gonna uh, how they're gonna fight. So I'm just gonna go O'Neal decision. I think she's gonna out wrestle her, lay on her, maybe get a TKO, maybe get some ground a pound. Honestly, Casey O'Neal has a bunch of ground a pound victories, and Ariane Lipsky has been grounded and pounded out by a couple times. Montana De La Rosa and Antonina Shevchenko ground and pounded Ariane Lipsky. That's kind of a red flag if I've ever seen one. So. Uh, Casey O'Neill TKO. I could see why somebody would take it. I was thinking about it, but I just I I, I don't know. There's too much unknown here. I'm gonna I'm just not gonna not gonna make a bet. No bet for Ty. Decision is plus one fifty on this, so I think that is a nice little number to get. I am going to bet Casey O'Neill inside the distance plus two forty. Uh, I just think Ariana Lipsky's strength of schedule is not the greatest. Neither is Casey O'Neill's, but I just have more faith in Casey O'Neill's skill. And I, I don't really feel – honestly, I don't feel good about this. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I just think if, you, if you're if you getting eliminated by Antonina Shevchenko, I think Casey O'Neill can pull a version of that out of herself and take care of business. And I think I don't even, I think Lipsky's a fraud. I've always thought that. So, she like you said, she does have powerful strikes, powerful hands, but she's kind of the best hammer and really bad nail sort of situation. So – and I think Casey O'Neill's a fraud. She's, like, from Scotland but lives in Australia, so she's got, like, six yeah. different accents going on. It's a real weird situation. But I'm going to go O'Neill inside the distance, plus 240. And that Ooh. is my pick. That is one hell of a pick. How about that? Fuck him up. Alonzo Menafield, Dustin Jacoby, 205-pound banger that's just kind of hanging out during this card. Menafield's a plus 240 underdog. To Dustin Jacoby's minus two seventy three hundred. Now Dustin Jacoby, he's coming off of uh, a win against Kennedy and Juku. Before that, Oof. he lost to Mirzakhanov and Khalil Roundtree. Uh, Roundtree being a split decision loss, so that was yeah. I thought he won that. I one. thought I he did know. too. Uh, the yeah. Mirzakhanov one was a little bit more uh, yeah. But I mean that was a like a wrestle fest. That guy's a yeah. That guy's a fucking murderer, dude. So uh, I don't try to hold Watch that me. against him all that much. Alonzo Menafield, fourteen and three now. He's coming off of a guillotine of Jimmy Crute. That that was a impressive, impressive win. Before that, he knocked out Misha Serkinov, um, and then he and then he killed that guy who was a fraud, right? Your the, boy, yeah. The the fake. He looks That's Italian, but he's Russians. actually Ukrainian. <laughs> he looks so Italian, but uh, whatever. His record's gonna be like ten and ten by the time he's we, seventeen we and actually... thirteen now. I don't know how this keeps changing. <laughs> Remember, he was twenty four and seven. Yeah, he's seventeen and fourteen now. I'm sorry, he just uh, he, the last he one lost was the again. Menafield. No, it was the Menafield. Uh, he okay. just... he, he, maybe he doesn't fight ever again. Maybe he's not even a fighter. I, I I don't I don't know. I don't know who that guy is, but he it's tough. The last <laughs> loss for Alonzo Menafield. That's right, William Knight. <laughs> he lost Oof. the decision to William Knight. Now. I would like to hold this Jimmy Crute win in big regard, but it kind of seems like Jimmy Crute was. I, I don't want to. I hate to say that because he lost to a lot of good guys, but he could have been a little bit of a fraud, or just yeah. yeah it just seemed like the more time that went on, he was getting exposed more and more. I think this numbers this numbers a little off, don't you think? Jacoby should not it's be this high. big of a favorite. Yeah, it's very high. I guess the only thing I'd say is 
uh, you know, there's kind of a difference in fight IQ. Like Menafield takes chances and also, you know, his cardio and fight, fight IQ are both very, very iffy. They've kind of held him back most of, most of his career. I know he's a little shorter, but he kind of has a, lo- has a long reach. So it's not like he's undersized or anything. Uh, the William Knight fight, he kept getting into grappling exchanges and just got controlled for the first and third round and, and pretty much fucked himself over. Uh, it should have been an easy win. Um, the OSP fight, remember, he just walked right in to a fucking left hook, I think. Um, you know, don't even understand how that happened. Um, the Jimmy Crew draw the first time, I mean, he, you know, he was doing what he wanted to, Jimmy Crew, knock him all around the ring and then just let him off the hook multiple times. So his fight IQ is definitely uh, questionable. Uh, Dustin Jacoby, he's he's getting older, but I think he knows what he wants to do. Uh, everybody knows really, really what he wants to do. He wants to stay on the outside with that elite kickboxing game that he has. Uh, for 205, he's got really good movement, really good footwork. A lot of the guys kind of can't really mirror what he does. I think Menafield might be able to in, in the early parts. But as the fight goes on and he wears down on, on Alonzo with some kicks, going in the body, going going down low, um, maybe clinching him up and kind of working him over and, and tiring him out. Alonzo Menafield is yoked. So, you know, there's there's a big, big possibility for a cardio dump here. Um Justin Jacoby, though, not not the best defensive grappling. I, I wonder if Alonzo will try to go for that with his, you know, he's a little shorter, so maybe he can try to just out-muscle him and go under him and try to get a takedown or two, maybe. Um, I think he should be able to catch Menafield coming in, though, because Menafield does like to come in wild, and I think that's kind of Jacoby's right right in his ballpark. Catch him come in, kind of like, um, like OSP did to Alonzo. So, yeah, I'm going to go Jacoby. I like his volume. I like his all-around game. Um uh, Bigger guy. I don't know if he's stronger, but he definitely has the height advantage. So uh, I think he's also smarter, the smarter fighter, and uh, the, the best, uh, the better mixed martial artist. So give me Dustin, Dustin Jacoby decision. I do agree that this line is kind of wide, so I'm not really gonna. I don't have anything here that I'm gonna play. I think I might bet TKO. I think, I think it's possible that he has a decision in him, uh, Menafield. But I just, I like you said, like I think he's a big guy. He it's hard to carry all that weight. He's thirty six now, and he I don't know. Like I I just feel like this isn't Ed Herman. You know this isn't the uh, fake Zar- uh, Mozarov guy. Like it's this Jacoby. I have uh, great respect for in his ability, and you know he, if even if you're going to wrestle him, somewhat similar to what you know Mirzakhanov did, he didn't give up. He didn't quit, and he didn't just roll over, give his neck up when he. You know, maybe could have. This guy's beat Ole Jechuk, you know, Daun Jung, not, you know, probably not the biggest name out there, but he's not an easy win. And and Kennedy, who we've talked about on here many a times, who we, you know, you, you, hard to figure out, sometimes great, sometimes not. He was able yeah. to get him out of there in, in, what, a minute, right? I mean, minute 22. So I'm going to count on Jacoby finding Mr. Round, or who we at? Menafield? Menafield's chin. Uh, well, it'll be racist now. No, well, he fought Roundtree. I'm pretty sure. I have Roundtree's name right now. He lost a, a no, split decision did. to Khalil Round. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, give me that TKO. I think it's plus 180. I think you're gonna. You want decision on here? You get plus no, 175 I'm if if you want stay it. Stay away. I'm gonna stay away. You're trying to beat me, but I'm staying away. It kind of shows though, like how the the Vegas really doesn't know. It's either one of those two. Like th- those are the props that they're going for because they're the basically the same number you can get for either one. So. Interesting, interesting, interesting. How about 
Tagir, Ulanbekov, Cody Durden, another sneaky just banger hanging around this in, awesome. in this fight or in this card. Uh, what do we have odds wise here? I think this is I gotta start searching all over the sheet for this one. Plus one forty five yeah. for Cody Durden to Tagir Ulanbekov's minus one seventy. Ty, what do you like here? Do you do you have a lean Cody Durden? Uh, from what I've heard, he's not really a good guy. Uh, or I, I don't know. I, I think I get him mixed up with uh, Brundage. Brundage, and he's not a good yeah, guy. Cody they, Durden, look, they look I exactly like the same. One's just smaller. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite podcast guys is good friends with Cody Durden. Always has good things to say. He seems like a good dude. Does like giveaways and shit. Uh, always down to talk to the fans. He seems like he seems like a cool dude. Again, I could be wrong. Um, he's also been kind of uh, been on kind of a heater. Four fights in a row. Four wins in a row. Um, one finish, only one finish, but three other dominant performances. Carlos Moda fight, not great, but he looked awesome against Charles Johnson. Took him down 11 times. Uh, looked really good against Jake Hadley. Yep. And I bet on Jake Hadley in that fight like a dumbass. Um, how old is Tajir? Let's see. Yeah, only 32. So they're both, um, I think they're both 32. Yeah, they're both in their prime. Um, Tajir, his last fight was just nasty, nasty front choke that he had on Nate Maness, the standing guillotine. That was you know, the way he cranked it was awesome. Um, and all his other fights have been pretty solid, pretty close. I remember he lost a close fight to Zalgas on the regional scene, so that's one of his other, one of his two losses. He also has a loss to Sharaputin. Sharaputin? Sharaputin? Oh, it's a different guy. I'm sorry. I thought it was uh, Shara Bullet. Yeah. It's Sharaputin Magomedov, so uh, Is that the same guy. thing? No, it's, it, it's I thought that's not, his real so. name. Shara, I think he's Sharaputin. This guy's Shara Putin. Oh, my Putin. Bad. Putin. 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 Uh, he lost him as an amateur. But either way, um, I like Tajir's uh, ability to kind of catch guys. You know, if you, if you shoot a sloppy takedown on him, he's going he's gonna to get that neck and he's going to fucking put you out. He's got a lot of heart. He's got sneaky subs, like I said. Good low kicks, good jab. Uh, I think Tajir's gas tank's kind of iffy the deeper in the fights you get, but kind of the same thing with Cody Durden because of that style, that pressure that wrestling pace that he pushes. He gets about five takedowns per 15 minutes. But like I said, he can also be caught in subs, Cody Durden. Like when you, when you go for takedowns, you can get caught in a front choke and that's to Gerald and Beckoff's thing. Um, Cody Durden, junkyard dog, man. He's, you know, if he's tired, the other guy's definitely gonna be tired. So I kind of don't know what to do here. Uh, Cody Durden has been training with, uh, Alessandro Pantoja lately. So I like that. Um, I, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. This is a guy I've been wanting to take Tajir on Beckoff by sub. And I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to take a shot on Tajir by sub. I just think he's got an ability to just kind of find chokes out of nowhere. And he, he cinches them in right away, very quickly. And, uh, the thing with Cody Durden is kind of gets sloppy, kind of gets sloppy. Like I said, I do think he is a junkyard dog. I do think he's a savage. I think he has that dog deep down in him all up in him, but I just, I, sometimes he gets a little sloppy some, and he shoots a lot of takedowns. So you got to figure he's going to try to like neutralize the submission game by just, I guess, shooting non-sloppy takedowns, right? Shooting good takedowns and getting to gear down, controlling him, laying on top, doing some damage. Maybe honestly go for a, ta- a submission himself. Remember he, he, I think he took Jake Hadley's back like five times and went for a rear naked choke multiple times against him. So I, I could see a lot of variants in this fight. I could see both guys winning by sub, honestly. So I'm just going to take a shot on Tajir, catching him, coming in with something sloppy or later in the fight where they're both tired and, and one of them just gets uh, you know gets the other's back and 
maybe that's the fight. But I think it's going to be really close. And uh, the winner of this fight probably probably get another uh, a really good step up in their next fight. So give me Tajir. Give me Tajir with a guillotine. So Ulanbekov sub is plus 380. So I think that's a good Ooh. number to get that at. I am taking it as well. Uh, Cody Durden, three of his losses, I think... Uh, how many losses? I think he's only got four losses uh, on his record. He's been guillotined, so but yeah, he's and he's been submitted three times of those four. So I am going to count on Ulanbekov, like you said, finding something. He he has a lot of submissions on his record, and he is a guy long arms just find stuff uh, in, in these little exchanges. He's never TKO'd anybody. He's got eight submissions, six decisions, and I think that's a good number for a, a fight like this. That's going to be high pace. A lot of grappling, not a lot of striking. Give me Ulanbekov submission plus 380. So let's, go. let's get it. Andre Feely. Touchy Feely. Feely. Uh, which is always a crazy nickname. He's getting back in there yeah. against Lucas Almeida. Ty loves Lucas Almeida. He's just kind of his kind of fighter. A random Brazilian guy who just got submitted by Pat Sabatini in June. Does have a win against Mike Trezano. Uh, he also fought in Jungle Fight, so that's another uh, feather scary. in his cap. Uh, i got to find these odds. Uh, I don't know where they are, though. So until then, I'm you. going to kind of do random Minus stuff. 175 there you go. for Andre Feely. Plus 145 for Lucas Almeida. Um, also, Lucas Almeida had a pretty, a really good fight with Daniel Zellhuber on the Contender Series a couple of years ago. I just went back and rewatched that fight. Very good. Very back and forth. He was hitting Zellhuber with some big shots. Um yeah, his last fight didn't look great against Sabatini, but I feel like, you know, he, he hasn't he hasn't eased his way into the UFC, right? Mike, Mike Trezano's not the easiest guy to fight. No. Daniel Zellhuber, getting him on the contender series is wild. I, I believe him and Trezano knocked each other down, right? It, I don't I know. Think, if was, I think that was that fight. They were just smoking each other. Um and then he fights Sabatini and yeah, I mean he got he got he didn't he didn't get an opportunity to breathe in that fight, right? And second I think the first round he got taken down like six, five, three seconds into the fight. As soon as the first round started, boom, takedown. And then second round, same thing. But this time he he, he was like, yo, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go home. I, I think I've had enough of this, which is fair. Pat Sabatini, elite, elite jiu-jitsu. Um, so we'll see what uh, Almeida can do here. I don't think Andre Feely is going to necessarily work the jiu-jitsu or work the wrestling. No. I mean, he took down Bill Algio. He beat Bill G- Algio by securing a late takedown and, and controlling him, which is very, very impressive. Bill Algio has um, also, I think he's a multiple-time black belt. So to have any kind of success grappling against him is is pretty good. That's why I think Andre Feely, I like him. He's solid all around. He can get takedowns once in a while, but he, he likes to stay striking. His, his uh, kickboxing is nice. He's quick, long. The problem is he struggles with versus powerful guys with speed, and I think Almeida kind of fits that bill. And also uh, Feely's starting to lose his durability a little bit, starting to, you know, how many fights does he have in the UFC? He has a fuck ton of fights. Like he has been in the UFC since I think he was a teenager. I think he was nineteen. Yeah, nine, 20 fights in the UFC. He's ten nine and one has that no contest, uh, the accidental eye poke against Daniel Pineda. Uh, he he started in the UFC on Cain uh, Velasquez Junior Dos Santos three. That's the card he started that's on. That's insane. So. Yeah, that's fucking wild. And his first loss was to Max Holloway on John Jones Glover Teixeira. And he got finished in the third round. So at least, you know, he's been here before. He's been there, done that. He fought Yair when Yair was young. Uh, Calvin Cater, Michael Johnson, Sadiq Youssef, Bryce Mitchell, Charles Jordan, Joe Anderson Brito. He had no problem fighting Joe Anderson Brito when nobody else did. Uh, Didn't go well for him, but 
Yeah, he's he's not scared. He's not going to back down at all for sure. Um, I do like Almeida's Muay Thai. I think he has that awesome power. He was stinging Zell Huber early in that contender series fight. But he also can be hit. He's just a wild man. He doesn't really check kicks. Um, you know, his volume kind of slows down as as time quickly um, advances in the fight. He kind of he has a quick cardio dump. It, it kind of just happens. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm going to go Andre Feely um, to win this. Had to sneeze real quick, and I think he should probably outpoint him. I think that's that's going to be smart. I just I wonder if he's going to be lulled into a war or at least a, a couple. Maybe not a complete war, but maybe like a, a battle, maybe a, a mini war, right? Maybe a couple exchanges. Maybe he sits in the pocket a, a little bit longer than he should, and maybe that tall man defense fails him. I, I don't know. Lucas Almeida swings from the fucking bleachers, so uh, this one could could go uh, a couple different ways. I think one of them probably finishes the other. I'm going to go Andre Feely TKO. I have no bet here, but uh, that's the way I'm leaning anyway with the experience and everything that he has going with him. The later this fight goes – uh, I would love to see a Feely round three or round two prop. I think I think that could be something I uh, I tease in my private life. Um, but no bet. I'm gonna go Lucas Almeida inside the distance. Uh, this this is a, a fight that I was probably gonna bet the underdog no matter who it was. I think it is a very close sort of matchup. Uh, Feely's the experienced guy. Almeida's the wild man. And I think, like you said, you made mention of it. Just this is kind of the build that Feely's going to struggle with. And Feely does get hit. Like, he, he'll, he'll hit people, but he does get hit. He's not really a, the greatest defensive guy, and he kind of tries to just, like you said, use his length to get get himself out of dangerous situations. I think Almeida's going to catch him at one point, and I don't think the wrestling is going to be a factor here. Like, I think Almeida's going to be able to keep this standing, and he's never gone to decision. So that's I'm going to count on that being the case here, and give me that plus 210. Inside the distance for Lucas Almeida. And now we are back to, uh, oh my God. Wow. Here we are, baby. This is the people's main event. Shamil Gaziev. This is the guy who killed me by rear naked choking the guy on the contender series, getting his third after ever he submission. Fucking knocked him down. Yep. In the first after two he seconds. was just destroying Greg Velasco, who is your, <laughs> who, at, who trains at your local gym. Uh, he, I mean, he was a monster. That guy didn't didn't quit, but it was you know he, he, he was, also got his back. Yeah, he he was up against it in this one because Gaziev he's not that good. He's really not that good. I don't think. Uh, he, I he don't was, know. Did you see that knockout over Darko Stosic? Yeah, boy. but he was the guy who anyway. like was training and fighting and then like quit for like ten years and then decided to come back and do it again or something like that. And then he started like no, fighting. No, no, no. He started fighting in twenty twenty because he was because how old is he? He's what, 33, right? He, he 33. was He turned, like, 18, 19. They, they talked about this on the Contender Series. And he, mm. like, decided to, like, get a job and help his family make money. And then, like, when the pandemic rolled around, he's like, you know what? I think I might want to start fighting people again. And then he just went it. back and just started knocking people the fuck out. Uh, and quickly, too. I mean, if you look I'm at some of these, it. 20 seconds, 35 seconds, 33, 59, 38. Uh, a two-minute rear naked choke. He goes to the decision with some guy named Kirill. Uh, then a forty-seven. He's seconds. pretty good. Two minutes and fifty. Two thirty-eight. Yeah, this this curl guy's pretty good. Uh, I just I just clicked on his thing. He looks absolutely terrifying. But uh, listen, what do the odds say here? I'll tell you. Gaziev is the underdog, plus one twenty. And I didn't even talk about the guy he's fighting. 
Martin Boudet. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Martin Boudet is getting back in there. Uh, what is his nickname, Ty? Madis. Um, Madis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Madis. He just destroyed Josh Parmesan in a, uh, with a Kimura <laughs> in about four minutes. I think I may have had a uh, decision bet on that, and I instantly regretted it because I think Mr. Boudet is a uh, big-time decision guy, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, uh, is he? No, he's honestly not. Yeah, no, he's he just is. Kind of, I mean, well, six, six three four. He just got it in there. But Ty, I don't think I like anything here. I, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't trust this Gaziev guy as far as I can throw him, and it's not very far because he's a large gentleman. Uh, <laughs> Mister Budai, I don't trust either. They're kind yeah, of the same size. They're the same age. Um, you know, this might be like a situation where I just bet the underdog. But I, I was listen. When I saw Gaziev, I was like, "Oh God, this like he's scary." But I don't know. I, that didn't feel good. So I guess after all these years of we thought they were saying Patty the Batty, they were saying Budai the Baddest. So that I guess oh, that's what people okay. say when they yeah Budai the Baddies. Um, yeah, I don't think Martin Budai is any good, really. I uh, I think he has solid cardio for heavyweight, but like. The Lucas Brzezinski and Chris Barnett fight, like they both did really well against him striking wise. Honestly, like they held their own. Uh, I think really all Budai's success comes when he grabs you and holds you against the cage. Really, uh, it's kind of what he did against Josh Parmesan before he got that Kimura, and that was just easy work. Yeah. Um, he also got taken down by Jake Collier, the former middleweight. So, like, I think Budai is very susceptible. You know, he, he's more of a matchup guy. Like, he's going to beat the easy matchups, the Chris Barnetts, the. Um, the other fellow, I just said, Jake Collier and Luke Brzezinski. I mean, dude, look at his four wins in the UFC. Parmesan, Collier, Brzezinski, Barnett. Like, no good fighters in that in that, uh, in that that span. I, I don't even know if, if um, Shamil Ghazi is a good fighter, right? So, uh, he's fighting out of Bahrain, and he used to train with Habib's dad. So, kind of scary, right? Kind of scary. Um like I said, he, he got his back taken by that guy Velasco. Like he, he dropped him eight seconds, went down to him, went down to the ground with him, and then somehow got his back taken. But then he ended up reversing him, getting him out, and then getting the rear, rear naked choke. Very strong ground and pound he has. His cardio is probably not great. I, I would just guess. Like that's just my assumption. Um, and Budai is, is much better. But like, you know, these are heavyweights. I don't. I think cardio goes out the window. If one of them's tired, I'm sure both of them are tired. You know, I think that they get tired walking the ring. So. I'm going to take the shot on the underdog. I'm going to take Gaziev inside the distance. And um, does he have any submissions he has? Three. So, yeah, I guess it's possible. But either way, I'm going to go. Yeah, he choked out Velasco. So, yeah, I'm going to go Gaziev inside the distance. Gaziev inside the distance. Write it down with Sharpie. Wow. Ty, I mean, you think Budai just, he's just going to walk through him like that, man? You think you have no respect? For no Martin? respect for Budai. Budai is going to Budai. Jesus. Gossier is going to hit him with something quick. A quick right, very powerful. He's going to drop and then maybe club and sub, or maybe he just, maybe more club, maybe club and club. So inside the distance is plus 180. Guess what? I'm taking it. I'm taking it with Boom. you. Boom. Plus 180. Somebody is going to Budai here. So I'm going to count <laughs> on it being Budai, not Mr. Gossier. <laughs> plus 180. Uh, I I know I, I, this is I'm gonna lose every bet that I take. So just so yeah, you people know I out there, if you're still fair. listening, we're gonna we're it's not Stop good. Me. 
this ain't good. I'm going to lose every Get bet. Get away from me. So, yeah, you. I'm going to make sure I keep betting everything Ty does so that we both either lose <laughs> money or we both make money. Yeah. That's the only way this happens. Uh, we got one more, Ty, before we move on. Randy Brown, the Rude Boys, kicking this off. This is crazy that this is kicking off the uh, main co- or the uh, prelims. Yeah. This is a pretty good fight, too. It really is. Could be boring, but... Could be. The king of kung fu is getting in there, though. Muslim Salikov. The who... best topology picture in the game. Yeah, he looks like he used to fight in the 1960s. <laughs> More like the 1830s, yeah. but yeah. It's insane. Or both. Or both. He's coming off of a loss to Nicholas Dalby, who has had a resurgence, a reemergence as a... Uh, just kind of getting the respect that he deserves. He did Four eliminate right. Andre Filajo, but like, who hasn't? And yeah. lost to uh, the Leech. We haven't seen the Leech in a little bit. So what happened to the Leech? Didn't he get hurt? That was a, or? Good, that was a really good fight. He was supposed to fight Tony. Um, that was last year. He was supposed to fight Chiesa this year. And then, I, yeah, I don't know what's happening. really. he got hurt or something bad happened to the Leech. I, I, he got leached. Yeah, I think he got like a torn ACL. Like something like long term, which is unfortunate. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't end up like Mike Leech. Just saying. Jesus. All right. Um, we're just going to keep it moving, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. All right. Uh, I don't even know how to bounce back from that. <laughs> this guy's cr- had to mute his mic. Got, he was laughing so much. I got Randy Brown. I think um, Randy, you never know with Randy Brown. Like He shows up, and he, you know, he looks like he's just sparring out there. And you're like, hey, can we, uh, can we turn up the volume here? You're fighting... Uh, no, CM Punk, and I, I have you inside the distance at minus fifteen hundred. What's going on? So you never know with him. I think Randy Brown could have success on his back. I just am not a fan of that strategy. Like I think he, he throws a lot of kicks. I think Salikov is somebody you're going to th- throw some low kicks at, but he could catch him and go for a takedown. And then after if that happens, I think Randy Brown could definitely be on his back for a little bit. Even though again, I think maybe he could throw up a, a, a triangle. He's so he's very athletic, very very long, very big. Um, like I said, I like his low kicks. I think his volume's on the lower side, but he does he does have power. He does pack a good punch. Um, I, I don't trust really anything about Randy Brown's durability. Uh, he almost lost his last fight. Um, he should just have many advantages here over the much older, slower Salikov. I will say, Muslim Salikov does have a nasty spinning back kick. Like that, that's his thing, and that thing comes in quick. He almost hit the leash with it a couple times. And I think before he got to the UFC, before he made his debut, he was on a four-fight winning streak of all spin kick knockouts. So he likes him. He throws him often. And I, I just think with his age, he, he's starting to slow down, right? The king of Kung Fu, just like the king of karate, it's wonder boy. Start to slow down. Your reflexes start to go a little bit. The speed, the quickness, the footwork, the sharpness, it all starts to slowly erode. And I think, I think he's just up against it here. I think Salakos up against a, Randy Brown's not, not young himself. I think he might be out of his prime, honestly, but he has so many tools to work with. I, I just think Salikov is a little out, outgunned here. I think he, he got marked up quick against the leash, even though he was doing some good doing some good things early. Uh, I just think he's up against it. Uh, obviously, he's old, and you know his chin's starting to go, too. His durability is starting to go. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what his game plan in this fight's going to be. Maybe just to get wrestle-heavy takedowns against Randy Brown, but... I'm going to go Randy Brown. No bet, but I think he gets it done. I think he might get it done inside the distance, but he likes to win decisions. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stay away. I really want to bet Brown inside the distance, but I do not. Don't do it. We've done it before. Yeah, I don't trust it. And like you said, you just sometimes he'll just lean a guy up against the fence and he'll just hang him there for a while. You're like, dude, 
what the fuck, man? Like, are you going to try and take him down? Are you going to throw a knee? Like, I don't know. Uh, and he's his jujitsu is good. It, it, it seems like that would be his path to victory. Maybe getting a takedown. I know Salikov may be Russian, but he does not like to grapple. He is a he is the yeah. king of kung fu for a reason. So uh, I would imagine the rude boy's best way to win would be a takedown and then a submission or something along those lines. But like you said. Decision, decision, decision. The, like the only loss that he had, like the only finish of recent memory is Alex Oliveira, where he rear naked choked him with one arm, and Jack Della, who he he got rear naked choked by. So, uh, yeah, I'm good on this. I, I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, I was gonna, I even have it written down, but I'm going to cross it out. Cross it out. Cross it out. Make it permanent, and that is UFC 296. From Las Vegas, Nevada. Hopefully, uh, we get a Luke A. Holland uh, appearance just for fun, just for our own shits and gigs. But I don't think we will. I think this is it, and I think we. I hope we don't lose any of these fights. This is a really great card. I hope everyone makes weight and everything is all good. We still have thirteen as of now, and uh, we got Jake Paul. We got Jake Paul fighting this weekend. Ty, do you care at all? Uh, He's fighting an August Taylor gentleman who I've never heard of before. Andre August, no? Uh, Is it? August Taylor, I believe, is a uh, adult film star. If I have my is memory she? correct, I'm going to so. have to take uh, Andre but, uh, August. You're right. Yeah, I think if I remember, well, I look up Andre August Taylor to see what the <laughs> yeah, see what kind of movies she's been in. Uh, I think Andre August, if I remember correctly, he only has like one fight in his last four years, something like that. He fought Brandon Martin. He fought Santario Martin. So he's fighting the Martin family. Uh, he seems like he has good hands, but I, I just don't know. I just don't know what he has here for Jake Paul. I know that sounds crazy, but he's older. Like they handpicked him for a reason, right? They didn't pick this guy because they thought he's the next Mayweather. So um, yeah, this guy's probably up against it. Uh, it's ten rounds, so uh, maybe uh, maybe Jake Paul gets the KO. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Um, I, I don't know if there's any, really anything else on this card. I guess the co-main is a is a big female fight, but um, we don't really know much about either of these ladies. But they do hate each other, so at least, at least there's that. Um, and still two, two minute rounds, which I think is completely stupid, but this is also taking place in Orlando at the Caribe Royale Orlando venue, wherever that thing is. Um, so yeah, that'll be on the zone Friday night, 7 30 PM. Uh, will you be tuning in? No. Are you frozen over there after your research of August Taylor? No, I'm doing good. I'm, okay. uh, I'm, right. I'm now looking at the guy who Jake Paul's fighting and no longer looking at. August Taylor's right. body of work. Um, uh, Andre August. August. Uh, yeah. What do you What do you got? What do you got for me? No, here? like I mean, he's thirty five. It's just it's he's going back to like the uh, the playbook of guys that are a little older. You know, I mean, I guess he's this guy's more of a boxer. I but, guess technically, yeah, he is a boxer. He's the most wins of any opponent he's faced, right? So I guess it's a step up theoretically. Also, Jake Paul says he wants to fight for a world title within two to three years. Now. It might sound it, it is it does sound crazy, but I'm you know the fact that he's not saying one year he's like yeah two three years that's it seems like he's taking it serious like he he knows he no, can't he just is. go in there tomorrow and fight um uh, you know Benavidez or they also just, I, did you see they came up with a new division Bridgerweight in in boxing why no. not why add, why not add more divisions it's uh, apparently um I think anywhere from two hundred to two twenty five which I thought was cruiserweight. But I think cruiserweight is anything from 176 to 199. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't Whatever, know. Nor man. do I care. But yeah. um, 
pretty much boxing rank division wise stops at one seventy five and resumes at heavyweight is, is you know what I am under the impression of. But either way, he wants to fight for a world title within a couple of years. He's around the weight where you kind of can get away with that in boxing. Like I said, like they have these random divisions with random champions who nobody really knows. Like Myers Freitas was a cruiserweight champion for a while, and then he just fell off. Like I could see, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say I could see Jake Paul fighting somebody that I've heard of for a title in a couple of years, but yeah, who the fuck knows, right? Who knows? But uh, I, I guess he gets it done this week. He's a big favorite, um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much that for that card. There, there's a little bit more boxing. If you would like to, yeah, I'd rather talk about that than this, to be honest. Divulge into the into that. We have the zone card Saturday night. Sonny Edwards, Jesse Bam Rodriguez at one twelve. You don't really see, uh, you know, I guess main main cards like this with a headliner at one twelve or one oh eight or one oh six. So the World Flyweight Belt, IBF, WBC on the line. Jesse Bam Rodriguez, one of the better fighters. One of the more action-packed, fun fighters to watch in boxing. Coming off a win against Christian Gonzalez after he beat Israel Gonzalez. Uh, and Sarisa Kat Soren Visai took the crown from him. So he's on a heater. He's only 23, which is fucking crazy. He fights balls to the wall. Sonny Edwards fights uh, a little differently. He gets a bunch of decisions. I think he's kind of probably not going to win this fight, I'll say. But the co-main event, Muradon Akhmedaliev at 122. He just lost to Marlon Tapales, who is now fighting... Uh, Naya Inouye, good luck to him. Um, he's fighting Kevin Gonzalez, and Kevin Gonzalez is a pretty sizable underdog. I think plus three seventy-five. I'm just gonna say I like Kevin Gonzalez here, plus three seventy-five. Uh, Akhmedaliev, like I said, when he fought Sapalis, it was a long layoff. The zone fighters or matchroom fighters, Eddie Hearn's guys, they all like to take a year or two off in between fights, and then they come back and lose. And it's like, damn, what happened to this top prospect? Why does he look like shit? Well, he's not active. So um, his fight with Sapalis was. Earlier this year, so not a long layoff, but I think Kevin Gonzalez, man, he's really, really exciting. I just went back and watched his fight with um, the Puerto Rican fellow, Jose San Martin, and that was a war. So I like Kevin Gonzalez as an underdog in this fight, in the co-main of this card. Um, who else is on this card? Nobody really else. That card's weaker than the, uh, the main card on Saturday night at 10 p.m., the last Showtime card ever, ever. Yes, I remember all the times me and my father would turn on the TV. He's like, what, what do we got? Let's check. Uh, Showtime. Let's check uh, HBO to see what boxing's on. And now neither are going to be around going forward with boxing. So that's kind of sad, honestly, very sad, if you will. I don't know what, what. What would you say your favorite Showtime fight was? Do you do you have one off the top of your head? Um, People forget Mike Tyson was with Showtime for a while. Right after he got out of jail, Floyd Mayweather came over to uh, Showtime. Ten years ago, on this day, Marcos Maidana beat Adrian Broner. That's probably one of my favorite Showtime moments. I hated Adrian Broner so much, and my dad did as well. Everybody did. Everybody tuned in to watch him lose, and Marcos Maidana took it fucking to him. Ten years ago, to the day on Showtime. That was probably my favorite. I mean, Diego Corrales, Jose, Jose Luis Castillo, the fight where Diego Corrales came back from getting knocked down like ten times. Yeah. And his, his, his trainer told him, hey, you better, go, you better fucking get inside on him. And he did. So that that was one of the craziest fights ever. Um, Martin Hagler. Mine will probably be Connor and Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Just terrible. Give me a break. Marvin Hagler, John Mugabe, right after uh, Hagler fought Hearns and before he fought Sugar Ray Leonard, he got a huge, huge test from John Mugabe. That fight was crazy. Um, Israel, Mar Israel Marquez, Rafael Vasquez. 
uh, wait, Israel Vasquez and Rafael Marquez. Yeah, Israel Vasquez and Rafael Marquez. Their trilogy is crazy. Juan Manuel Lopez, Orlando Salido. That fight was nuts. Salido fucking embarrassed him in his home country. Um, a lot of rambling, but I will miss Showtime. I will miss Showtime. All the the showbox, the pay per views, everything they did for the game for the sport. Mama Mia, uh, Jimmy, Mama Mia, Jimmy Lennon Jr. Underrated guy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna miss. I, I'm gonna miss Showtime just like I miss HBO and um, all the legendary voices. So this weekend, the last card: David Morrell Jr., a Cuban guy fighting at 168. Long amateur career. He wants to get in there with Benavides, Canelo, those guys. He's pretty good. He's just he's a little bit away. Uh, he's fighting Senna Agbeko. I think he's probably going to beat the African assassin who's yoked out of his mind. Pretty good, but he's up against it here. It's taking place in Minnesota at the Armory, so kind of a random place for a Cuban Cuban boxer to have a, a base, right? A fan base in, in the middle of Minneapolis, and uh, also kind of a random venue to close out Showtime. Like I feel like nobody's going to really be tuning. It's like a sad burial, sad funeral for Showtime, but. I will be there. I will be there no matter what. So that card's probably not going to be great. Dude, Robert Guerrero and Andre Berto are fighting on this card. They're both 40. The man's 40. Like, uh, Berto hasn't fought in five years. Will David so. Diamante have to get a job now? <laughs> you right. stop it. You stop it. David, David Diamante will be at my wedding uh, if I ever get married. And if I don't, he'll be at my funeral. So. There you go. Alberto Coelho also in this card. Pretty good, pretty good fighters on this card. Just nothing insane. Chris Colbert, uh, Colbert in the coming against Jose Valenzuela. Chris Colbert used to be a top prospect. Now he's an underdog. So fall from grace. Uh, he's the guy with the pink hair. If you've ever seen him. Um, so yeah, RIP to Showtime. Joshua Wilder that got booked. Uh, the heavyweight belt will go unde- undefended for eighteen months. So boxing, you guys are doing great. Um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Devin Haney, what do you think about Devin Haney uh, fighting at 140 and on fight night weighing in at 165? What do you think about that? I think it's just a part of the game, right? I mean, he made yeah. the weight. Uh, it's that that's and he looked good. Yeah, and, and that's looked, kind looked of amazing. what the the price of doing business. If you're able to make that weight and then you balloon up, then that's good on you. But you you lose some of yourself when you're cutting that much weight. So uh, it's yeah, so, on the other guy to kind of take advantage of that. Right, and I think Regis Progre also was like 160, 155, yeah. so who cares? I mean, Part of the it, it's been like you said, it's been happening in boxing forever. Uh, that fight was really good. I can't wait to see what uh, Devin Haney does going forward. He just called Tank a pussy last night nice. on Twitter. That was, that was good. He called him a fucking pussy, I believe. Not, not something I would do, but then again, Devin Haney is different. Uh, he looked really good in his fight last Saturday against Regis Progre, who landed a record low for CompuBox's 38-year history at 36 punches land it in a title fight so there you go i mean you got teofimo lopez subriel matias that's target for june and in, in puerto rico that should be puerto rican day weekend that should be fun uh richardson hitchens jack catterall trying to make that fight the 140 pound division was always forgotten because it's right under welterweight now it's booming absolutely but ryan garcia he's on the lower end but he's still there teofimo devin haney tank shakur stevenson like everybody's in that area jack uh josh taylor so I like it. I'm here for it. And um, Liam Paro was in the co-main. He got a huge knockout over Montana Love. He could be next. He also allegedly KO'd Shakur Stevenson in sparring per Devin Haney. So there's a lot of beef, a lot of drama mixed in to the 135 and 140-pound divisions. I'm excited. I am very excited. It is a great time to be a fight fan. 2023 is coming to an end. They are going to send us out 
with a bang. And uh, David Diamante, hopefully everything is good with him. He finds a new job. He's doing good. We'll, we'll hear him this weekend. He'll be somewhere. I, I'm not sure where, though. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I wish we could like find out where he is going to be. I'm on his website right now. I'm just... He has a website, didn't know. I did not, not know that either, but it's taking 25 minutes to load, so I'm probably going to have a virus. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds about right. You can also, book him now. Your... <laughs> I'll book him. I'll book him for whatever. As I walk into work. Request a recording. Like... You can get a voicemail <laughs> message for 99 bucks. Oh, okay. That's a little expensive. You can get a video recording for 300 be- uh, beans. <laughs> yeah. And you say name, email, phone, red, blue corner, trunks, fight weight, fighting record oh so i guess if he's you, doing a whole intro yeah if you want to do the whole intro you could do he does corporate matt. does corporate events matt what? the hammer i want him Fighting to do i want him Washington to just do canelo's to just do canelo's over and over again for me uh, yeah David. but say my name instead yeah. of canelo so Fighting out of Guadalajara. Takira. Chihuahua. Capone. it's like wait what um yeah that'd be good that'd be good all right, so oh, I think we've wasted enough of your time, ladies and gentlemen. An hour and 44 minutes for this banger of a pod. Packed episode. Uh, we're running out of time this year. We had to get it all in. So this yeah, is not much going forward after this. So. No, this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Ty Capone. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure to enjoy the Christmas season. I know it may be a tough time of year for some, but guess what? The best thing you can always do is have a rum and coke. Don't abuse them, oh. but just enjoy oh, them. Oh, oh, oh.